super excited, ladies and gents. Eric's very excited, I can people. Tell. <laughs> yes. It's the Catlin chapter. Yes. Is that why he's excited? The week is I now think beginning. so. That's why I'm no, excited. Right before we just recorded, Eric was like, I feel good about this yeah. today. That's a good attitude to have. I like that. But Eric, I, I want to uh, take a minute to congratulate you on your oh. Halloween costume because I was oh, not on Friday's you. episode. <laughs> and you really went all out. I have to give you a lot of credit for this because not only did you create a costume, but you created this whole <laughs> music video a history of uh, that was uh, quite impressive. It was like the H1 inside the music or something. I really tried to string a narrative together from the various tidbits we were able to get over two days of filming. I appreciate that. And uh, I, I, I just, well, thank you, Micah, for, for saying something because I'm just, I'm just so pleased <laughs> to have had a great experience. You know what? You know what? Thank, thank you, Micah, as well. I thank you as well. Who were the people that you, you actually were able to get to be a part of this video because one of them actually seemed like they could have been an old style jazz musician. The, yes. And he, <laughs> um, as, as recently is trying to break into the scene. I assume you mean the man who was the producer in the video. Yes. But then also the, the other individual who you performed with. Uh, yes. Well, that, that was the, that was the producer, but yeah, in general, um, they're just guys, man, in, uh, in Bristol and, uh, Bristol, Virginia slash Tennessee. And it's and the guy who played the manager is a graphic artist, so not a band manager. Um, but even Zach said to me, he said, uh, yeah, you know, that guy seemed like he knew what he was doing. Seemed like he was a real manager. And I was like, yeah, they did this. And then they no, just. No, I, I remember mm, cool. watching well, we all, and, texting Eric and I was like, Dude. and none of them, none of them <laughs> are so uh, Harry Potter fans at all. They didn't they didn't know anything about it, but they they know Elvis. Obviously, they know of the the legend of 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 rock so it really it really just worked i i was really happy with everything we were able to do um but the the man um who sang with me his name is uh lukeman barnes george lukeman barnes and uh he's he's just got this low voice and it's 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 shocking actually there's more to it than that um you'll find in a in a follow-up video uh there's a moment where he sings and i'm going to be releasing a follow-up video including that just because he's amazing but it was a great time, and it was it was great to do something like that for Halloween. Um, now, consequently, we did say on Friday's episode I was going out to find uh, some Game of Thronesers who may still have been in the city and that sort of thing. I ended up uh, going to bed early and not going out, so yep. uh, Aww, not to no. disappoint anybody, but <laughs> but they didn't. Uh, I knew the clocks were changing, were were yeah. coming up, and uh, I knew the clock change was coming up, and I thought I'd get a head start on it, so uh, I ended up not doing that, but. Um, the Game of Thrones costumes we reviewed on Friday's episode. If you haven't listened yet um, or seen the post on Winter is Coming. Review. Back use that word loosely. <laughs> yeah, yes. We commented them, on, you know, oh, garments, hey, like, Danny, know. she's got an egg. It could be an avocado. We don't know. <laughs> and now that Halloween is over, we're just in November. And Christmas music plays when we walk into stores here. Selena, are they as gung-ho about Christmas over there? Christmas? <laughs> Yeah, um, Christmas. Christmas. They skipped Thanksgiving, although I know that's you not know a thing what, really. You know what, Eric? You know what? The Christmas in Scandinavia, you cannot imagine. the Because you guys, it's like, oh, you know, there's marketing. Oh, you know, there's whatever Christmas. 
entire December month, we have stuff happening that's like community and it's nice. We have like a, a Lucia parade of girls dressed in white and we have um, mm-hmm. like advent calendar. We have uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, not those really? kind of girls. And we have like a Christmas calendar, like one, oh, like all the different TV channels do like a, a, an episode a day, like something about Christmas leading up to Christmas. Usually they have to save Christmas and Santa Claus is in it. And it's like for children, but also for adults. And we like on Christmas Eve, we dance around the Christmas tree and we have like rice pudding and we have like it's just it's just it's just so much more than just food and Damn. presents i know yeah, yeah. I'm going to Denmark, guys. <laughs> like and there's it's just the atmosphere is fantastic and it's it's not about the eve the, the like just christmas it's about the whole the whole month and um yeah it's the best it's the most wonderful awesome. time of the year so i'm very excited <laughs> and i dance around the christmas tree and i enjoy it so I do wish we could have a Game of Thrones Christmas special like Doctor Who does. That would be awesome. Yes. Could you imagine Game of Thrones Christmas special with <laughs> what, Tyrion's what walking around King's Landing with a little sack of uh, treats? Here's How would some that bread, even work? Yeah, small like... people. Well, you know, there is a Game of Thrones cookbook. If you guys all consent to meeting in one place, I think I could probably whip something up. Do you just know that King Robert, when he was alive, used to dress up like Santa? Like every Christmas, <laughs> give presents to his little bastard children. Yeah, we get all excited to come together to record these. Um because obviously we don't get to do it as often no. as we'd like because there's there's just so much uh, work that goes into putting these little things together. But mm-hmm. I think the Christmas season is going to do nothing but bring everyone closer. Oh. Even the listeners. Yes. A nice little fire. You get plus five spirit for sitting yes. by it. It, can, mm. it, can, only, it can only mean good things. It's, it's comforting. It's friendship. It's love. Yes. It's joy. No reason to be afraid. Unlike what we can say for Catelyn. Ooh. Right? In this chapter – is very afraid. Yes, even though they're winning, she's very afraid. Yes, and you know, that little bit of illogical behavior there, that fear, that gripping fear that she's feeling, Mm -hmm. um, really just sets a a tone. Obviously, it's meant to set a tone, but uh, it's really interesting because uh, her brother is kicking ass. Lannister yes. ass. And, and, and that's a very is. different brother than the TV show version. <laughs> well, her, her her previous chapter kind of set him up to be, you know, not really a half wit, but kind of a three quarters wit, if you could say. <laughs> you know, she was kind of not really feeling his plans. But what we see in this chapter is they're holding the Red Fork and they're not allowing any Lannisters to cross, whatever the cost. That's a rap song. <laughs> what, which part is a rap song? Whatever the cost. Oh. <laughs> Never the little cross. I already forgot it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. But yes, I mean, she has to basically say to herself, "I should have been more supportive because all of his men were supportive of it, and I was not." And I still see. I think was it the last chapter? She had to stop seeing the little boy because he's her little brother, and that's that's kind of the thing. Is like uh, the big sister and you know little brother. She is above him and in, in kind of the. Lineage, but you you know what I'm saying. She just feels like he's a little kid, and clearly he's he's not. But you know, Catelyn has done her fair share of uh you know duties uh throughout her life, and and as we open the chapter, she does reflect. As we all have, yes. yes she 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 does reflect on some of the things that she has done for Lord Hostertoli as well as her family. Um, while Edmure is out there doing things for his family. Currently. Yeah, this chapter, I guess, is a lot about the underlying tone of the role of women versus the role of men. Because, you know, while she is so preoccupied in her mind with what's happening with the men outside, you know, she has all of the problems that she's facing interior-wise, you know, dealing with her, her daughters being gone. Well, her daughters are gone, and ultimately, like, she has Brienne for comfort, which is good. 
Um, but she really just doesn't know how it's all going to end up. I mean, Lannister is a very frightening man. Yeah. Tywin? Tywin. Or Tyrion? Or no, Ty- Tywin. Jamie. Tywin being, Tywin being the operative. <laughs> Tywin Tom- is a frightening man. Um, but just 20 years later, how- you know, Tommen and um, what's his face? Uh, Bran's, what's her name? Bran's little brother. Rickon. Uh, Rickon, sorry. It's late. <laughs> Red, Tommen and Rickon are just going to like terrorize the kingdom. Oh, just God. seeing how Tywin operates here, um, you know, where he, and, and Brienne kind of calls him on it, which is kind of cool. When they see those men approaching uh, River Run and River Run, it, it was kind of funny because River Run is scarcely defended right now. Edmure kind of took all his men into battle, leaving actual, actual cripples, like actual, there's a quote that says, um, you know, all the able-bodied men are gone. So the not able-bodied men are the ones who are running, you know, mm. kind of protecting the walls of the castle. And, you know, all the women and children are behind, like you just mentioned. I mean, Catelyn is there, Brienne is there, but also the whole of River Run's women and children. I, I forget if Catelyn at one point just reflects on how much breeding has been <laughs> being done um, because there are just so many women and children and it's like, well, we they feel defenseless. And that, that leads to Catelyn's kind of reflection and kind of fear, I think. It feeds into it, the fact that they are kind of at the mercy of Edmure's troops about how how well he performs his duty. I think a lot of this chapter, as, as much as it is about the role of man versus the role of women. I think it's really about Catelyn as a mother and as a sister and as a daughter. And I think you see that reflected throughout and you see a change in her a little bit. She's moving more towards doing what we know she's going to do later on in this book. And that obviously causes a lot of problems, but I think her, her feelings as a mother are starting to really show through and, you know, it's mentioned multiple times in this chapter about Sansa, about Arya. You know, we know Bran and Rickon are back at Winterfell and coming up in the next chapter, they're going to be in trouble. Rob's out to war. Edmure's out to war. Her father is dying. It's a lot of stuff for her to deal with on top of the fact that her husband was killed, uh, you know, in, in the last book. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we just got another Catelyn chapter recently, so it's it's kind of I don't know, it's 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 fun because this is the part of the story where things are flowing a little bit better. You know, we just heard from her, and now we're hearing from her again, but something slightly different is happening, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of setting the stage for the events that are directly about to come. It's kind of like you know, just keeping us uh, abreast of what the characters are feeling. You didn't want to say breast, did yeah, you? Yeah, that was it. The characters who are about to have things happen to them, or by extension, things happen to their families, like, for instance, Winterfell's about to be sacked. <gasps> Spoiler alert. Um, we hear from Catelyn, you know, the, the chapter right before, to see kind of where she's at on the whole my kids are all over the place kind of conundrum. Um, it's about to get worse, but, you know, she doesn't know that. But still, it's, it's like keeping in touch with the characters who matter the most. Yeah, and, and it's mentioned in this chapter that she's a she's a lost woman. You know, she's always felt that sense of purpose. She always has done her duty. And she, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Eric, uh, but she feels now as if she needs counsel. She needs somebody to direct her and to provide her with a little bit of insight as how to proceed. Yeah. And it's kind of like a nice, like structure wise, a calm before the storm chapter wise, because we all know that the next chapter is a really big one. And the one after that is a really big chapter too. So this is just kind of, yeah, keeping stock of taking stock of where Catlin is and what's happening in her part of the world. There's a bit of mystery element still to this chapter, which is why I liked it. She has to suss out 
from Cleos Frey, um, who, whether or not he saw both her daughters, um, and of course, she, you know, he, she gets him drunk and, you know, he slips up and says, well, no, actually, uh, she catches him in the lie. And he, he finds out essentially that, that he did not see Arya, that it was just Sansa. Um, and then the other bit of mystery is what Stannis really wants with Edric Storm. And there's just kind of, she's working those two angles of it, trying to figure out maybe Cersei is super hiding Arya. You know, maybe that's why that, or maybe she's dead. And Catelyn is really beginning to, to, to resign herself to the idea that some of her children are lost. And it's so sad to hear, especially with, with uh, Arya, because I always got the feeling that Catelyn saw more of herself in Sansa than Arya. She never really knew what to do with Arya. But so it does make sense that she was resigned herself to her death a little bit easier than Sansa. You know, she's kind of putting all her eggs in Sansa basket for yeah yeah well she says Sansa was easier to tame yeah uh, and 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 that if if the queen isn't showing Arya around or having her in public it's because Arya very likely won't shut up you know about saying ill things that would embarrass uh the the, the country Selena to your point she literally sees more of herself well, yeah, than Sansa because it's like brought up oh. again <laughs> how Arya looks like Ned as does John and then she has that whole moment where she reflects back and she throws out another name, uh, and again, I don't remember how many times Ashara Dane is mentioned as possibly being Jon Snow's mother prior to this point, but that's just a moment where we are led to believe that perhaps she is, in fact, the mother of Jon Snow, and I know in previous uh, episodes, not too long ago, we've talked about his parentage a little bit, not too much, but um, yeah, it, it really eats at her, though, the fact that Ned was unfaithful. And that all really ties into the end of the chapter too, where, you know, Tywin tries to march against Edmure and really he's held at bay. You know, the mountain gets injured and 12 attempts are made to cross. None are successful. And, you know, there's that line, they shall not cross that Edmure sends back to Catelyn. Despite not. the victory, it, she's still afraid. She still thinks that something is not right. Despite all the successes that Rob is having, despite the success that Edmure just had, something doesn't sit well with her. You know, if it weren't strictly the Stark lineage that has, like, the direwolf thing and the warging thing, I would start to say that Catelyn has a little bit of a sixth sense. But, you know, you could call it women's intuition mm -hmm. or motherly intuition. You know, the ability to sense when your kids are, are in danger. Although, I would argue anywhere in this world at any time, anybody's kids are probably in danger. Because so much shit can go wrong. Cities can just be <laughs> sacked by Theon Greyjoy and his raiders. You know, just one day, everything's fine. Next day, oh, nope, you're all iron and salt. Getting ahead of yourself there, Eric. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm not, I wasn't <laughs> meant to get ahead. You know what I'm saying. Oh, though. yeah. <laughs> I mean, cities just get sacked. It happens. All of a sudden, you're, you know, in chains one day. So that said, she does have this um, great sense of 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 foreboding well i think that brienne offered her a, a a large amount of guidance maybe not in a traditional sense as she didn't you know properly go to her as you probably would a priest or something in this in this kind of world you know with real troubles and real problems and it's not like she was even praying but i feel like they had a nice session of some girl talk and they figured some stuff out when brienne was saying fighting is better than waiting it just gives you so much perspective on the entire mm -hmm. story of the kinds of people that are inside and the kinds of people that are outside on all these problems. And you think about the yeah. small people that they refer to and how these men are out giving their lives, fighting at the stone mill. They're fighting at the Red Fork, and they're trying to hold this place 
so all of these people can live within this castle. And, you know, at the very end of the chapter, when, when they eventually drive all of the men back, including the mountain and his men, they're celebrating, they're chanting things like Tully, they're chanting, chanting things like Riverrun. And it makes me think the strange concept of chanting another family's name. But when you, when you really think about what these families do for these small people in their governing regions is they, you know, they, they give them safety, they give them a way to survive. And this is one of those situations where we get to see people being thankful for this kind of thing rather than just being led to war like even Rob is doing or even what Tywin's doing. It's interesting mm. to see. Now I wonder mm. um, how similar the chapter will be from this this chapter later on in the Red Keep. You know when when the city is being sieged. I wonder if the, exactly. I wonder. I wonder how different or how similar those chapters. I'm looking forward to reading that. Because I know it's coming, but also just because we've had this chapter now. Well, I think one of the things that's great about this chapter is that you really get to see what's happening out on the field. You know, yeah, you're at River Run, but even you get those moments where Catalan goes out and she watches what's happening. And you don't get that in the TV show. It's just impossible to get that in the TV show because there are so many battles going on. But here you actually get the real crux of what's happening in this book. You know, really in 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 the TV show all you got was Blackwater. Yeah, and then some ran, random scattered fighting scenes, but even in the book we haven't yeah. got as much as, you know, you would you would imagine what you would expect, but here we do get to see it. Yeah, they're out fighting. Yeah, you it's it's right in front of you. You know, Tywin in previous chapters has left Harren Hall. He's marching out trying to lay siege to River Run. It doesn't work. You know, Rob's off fighting. And he's headed to uh, toward the crag, it says, which is the seat of House Westerling, which Ooh. is important. Is he going to be on Guts? Michael Mellon Guts, the aggro crag. He's heading to the crag. House Westerling is very important. That is all I will say. Westerling? You know, I, I was reading that and I was like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then this chapter was saying duty so much and about how the, we must fulfill our promises. And I was just thinking, oh, this is so much irony. You're mm -hmm. tying so it's much foreshadowing. irony into this. It's, it's insane. I see it. Oh, yeah. it's just crippling is, irony. Is Westerling, Westerling, I've never heard of him before. Are they more important than the phrase, Micah? You'll, you'll, um, you'll figure it out. No, they're not, but they are kind of important. Oh, oh okay. We'll okay. save it. We'll save it. Well, speaking of them. Speaking of phrase? Yes. Doesn't uh, Catalan makes reference that... No grandson of Walder Frey would ever be an Oathbreaker. I know. <laughs> that was so funny. Unless it suited his purpose. Oathbreakers, yeah. they should be spat on, don't you guys think? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bruce Bolton apparently washes his hands of his bastard. He's just like, yeah, that that guy, seriously. What kind of soap did he use? Lava. Uh, to wash his hands of I his bastard. I think it was the Irish Spring, actually. No, you're right, though, Eric. This was, this was kind of a, a very, I don't want to say integral or important part of this chapter, but George leaves these nuggets in so many different places and with new characters that are upcoming and for some reason this mention of this man's bastard so much in the book so far i mean we understand his importance later but up to this point he gets to have a section as brightly shining as this it says a strong castle and well garrisoned but his grace shall have it if i must go kill every living soul within it to make so so that is something that the bastard ramsey was quoted saying Anyway, so Bruce Bolton was overheard saying this about his kid. He says, a fate he no doubt earned because he thinks everyone thinks that he's dead. Tainted blood is ever treacherous, and Ramsay's nature was sly, greedy, and cruel. 
I count myself well rid of him. The trueborn sons my young wife has promised me would never have been safe while he lived. Yeah. Hmm. I feel kind of bad for Roose Bolton. Like, you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, he, as we know, he's not a, yeah, a great character by any means, but compared to his son, it's yeah. just. He actually suggested that his bastard would kill his trueborn sons and in some sort of weird hope probably to very gain true. a sense. Well, yeah. I mean, he wouldn't just kill him, though. We know that he'd, he'd do them. much worse. Yeah, like, I mean, we're learning so much watch. about this guy. Hmm. I wonder where else he'll turn up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we've reached the section of the show that we like to call, well, we don't really have a name for it. We just tell each other what we thought was cool from the chapter. And we, owns? Yeah, we call them owns. They're owns. Yeah, sorry. That came out. <laughs> like, yeah. It's funny how that works I out. I have an own. Okay, Go tell your own. My own for this chapter. Uh, goes to Raymond the Rhymer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Fancy. the other various songsters, songstresses? No, they're all men. Um, song steamers, song. <laughs> bards. Bards mm-hmm. who are. Uh, well, not according to Brienne. If you remember that earlier in this chapter, she speaks of a woman who came from across the sea to sing. Yeah, to her. Yes, Only don't know men. what she was singing, but her father could put his hands around her waist. Yeah, I remember that part. Uh, mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah, he's a dirty man, by the way. And it was important to learn, actually, Brienne never met her mother. Mm. Oh. True. Interesting. Or maybe never knew her mother. Her, her father appeared to always have women at court or with him in bed at all times. <laughs> He's like a King Robert. Yeah. I, know, I saw the comparison. So is that your own or is it still on Rhyme and the Rhymer? Rhymer. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. No, sorry. My own is to Rhyme and the Rhymer. Um, because after the Battle of the Mill, maybe maybe we're seeing an advanced time right here. But there appear to be songs being written at a breakneck pace uh light speed uh so so as to be sung the dinner on the eve after a victorious battle so these guys are essentially turning out these classic hits uh in almost no time and i just have to hand it to them um for that and you know catlin even agrees that it's it's important to have song and celebration in such a time as this um to celebrate their successes yeah so rhyme of the rhymer this one's for you <laughs> Let's Take play a, a little tune. This one goes out to Rhyme and the Rhyme, wherever you are, buddy. <laughs> Hope you're still <laughs> Take rhyming. Take us away, flying wolf. <laughs> well, uh, in the spirit of exactly what you just said, I'm going to have to give my own to Drumroll, ready to piss Eric off. Catelyn Stark. Ah. You know why? Oh, come on. Catelyn gets my own this chapter because she herself songstressed a verb. She songstressed and wrote mm-hmm. lyrics off the top of her head which I thought was great. And, and what you were saying is true, Eric. History is being written as we read, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Right now, these battles are happening, and these battles will be spoken about in a future time with these people, a lot like the, the wars with Ned and Robert have been spoken about. And so my own goes to Catelyn because she says this in the book. She says, The mill that ground the mountain down. I could almost make the words myself had I the singer's <laughs> gift. I love that because, they, you know, they they drove him off of the stone mill. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. The songs will be sang for the stone mill. Can you can get can you guys get who get, guess who gets my own? Ooh, is it Brienne? It is it is. Brienne of Tarth? Yeah, it is. When she says what we already quoted earlier, fighting is better than waiting. You don't feel so helpless when you fight. You have a sword and a horse, sometimes an axe. When you're armored, it's hard for anyone to hurt you. It's so true, Brienne. It I is. actually have my own axe, <laughs> so <laughs> I know the feeling. I don't have a horse like anymore, that. though. So I'm almost there. So yeah, that's good. No, yeah, I like right? that. That's right. a good own. No, it she's a good own. great own. It's just, she's it's so she's true. right, and it's she is existential. Right. You could derive lots from it. it could mm. be armor, or it could be just guarding yourself. Exactly. 
<sighs> I liked I liked Brienne's uh, hu- Brienne. humility as well. Yeah, I like Brienne. That's what they say in the book. Eric likes it. I like Brienne's humility in this chapter when Catelyn asked her to sing. And she was like, please, my lady, no. I bet she's a real good singer. I bet she if is. they put her on uh, The Voice. <laughs> oh, no, you're going to have bro- all four uh, chairs. Catch her a judge on The Voice. That- <laughs> What's his face? No. We were pushing the button so quick, it wouldn't even be a question. CeeLo Green? Yeah. No, I was thinking CeeLo. I wanted to say Ruben, but that wasn't you it. You just did I Dreamed a Dream because that lady yep. that did it at once. Yep. <laughs> I think that's the wrong show, but... It's I don't know anything TV. about this anyway. So different from Enjoy. this hell I'm living. So, what about so you, Micah? I think I just have to. Uh, I have to give my own to Catalan's conscience. That still counts as Catalan. Mm. <laughs> Score two for the home team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice try. Oh, God. More importantly, when she says the Lannisters are liars, everyone. <sighs> And the dwarf is the worst of them. Uh, I mean, I hated that whole sequence. That sucks for Tyrion. I know. She likes Tyrion. It does. I don't but like we're... that Catelyn doesn't like Tyrion. It makes it hard to like Catelyn. Kind of like with Jon. She has that moment right before where she's she thinks, hey, you know what? He didn't have any role in Ned's murder. And he did come to my defense when we got attacked. Mm-hmm. If I could find a way to trust him about Sansa and Arya for Jaime... Maybe I could work this out, but then she reflects back to uh, what happened to Bran and looked at her hands where she was cut by that knife, and she still thinks at the end of the day that it was Tyrion who sent that sellsword, I guess, or just hired assassin after Bran. Some lies you just can't crush. You just can't get away from. They still haunt you. So true. It's so ironic, too, because at the very end of the chapter previous, Tyrion is just kind of having his own problem i think micah i think it was your own but basically he's like i'm the imp everyone hates yet i'm trying so hard and then here in the next chapter she's like is he good wait no <laughs> no he's not he's a lannister and he's little so you know he was he, he did it all. yeah but see the thing about Tyrion being a good liar and i don't disagree with that statement but he very rarely lies to hurt people that are good right he hurts a lot of the bad people Actually, with his lies and deceit. Catelyn has no idea, and that's a mechanic in so many stories where the reader or the viewer is just shouting at the TV saying, this is what's happening, look at this! And she doesn't know, she doesn't have an idea. It's like, this could help you, you could be like Tyrion's friend, and you guys could infiltrate and take things over, or whatever, but that's not going to happen because you hate each other. She has no idea that it was really who sent the assassin after dun, you just dun, did i get out there oh yeah that's what it was uh, it's such a shame i heard you in absence of micah's information that only went through to selena's ears mm-hmm. ironically um we shall mm-hmm. read a few emails that you people have sent us on email <laughs> that's such a surprise <laughs> <laughs> all right we got an email here from beth from colorado beth writes in quite frequently so we thank her for her own says, my own for this Catalan chapter goes to Ryman the Rhymer. What? <laughs> yep. Twinsies, two for the rhyme team. Beth, you have to stop being in sync with Eric because this is becoming quite scary. So, yes, goes to Ryman the Rhymer, who maybe should start calling himself Howlin' Wolf mm. uh, for doing such a great job of keeping the morale up at River Run. Between writing a catchy song about Rob that incorporated wolf howls, I'm hearing something like Werewolves of London, and forming a band with some of the common folks staying there, he sounds like all the entertainment a castle yeah. needs. Wow. And I promise that I did not read Beth's email prior to when it was just announced by Micah. 
But that's cool. We got two for Cat. Well, one for Cat and one for Cat's conscience. And two for Ryman. All right. Well, the tally is now two and two. Let's see what this next email brings us. Well, and one for Brienne. Don't forget about Selena. Tough own for this chapter. But should go to he Brienne totally did, for the complexity <laughs> of this character. <laughs> Able to read the mind Don't of worry, Tywin, yet blushes at the thought of singing for Renly. That was for my Mr. Andrew Andy Robillard. Thank you. So we've got, guys, a three-way tie on owns here for this chapter. We do. What do we do now? Do they fight? Do they sing? Yes, I think it should be a battle to the death at LeakyCon. Everyone has to come and fight, and, you know, to the victor go the spoils. How about an epic rap battle? Okay, Uh, we'll think of something. Yeah, yeah, something else (laughs) will come out. It'll come out in the wash. Well, don't forget about this, ladies and gents, listeners out there, because these three characters will have to face off in some way at LeakyCon when we next meet. We'll we'll forget by Friday, I promise you. Uh, well, speaking of Friday, there is still time to get in your owns to us, uh, just like both Sir Andrew, was it? Lord. Lord Andrew and Miss Beth uh, were able to Lady. send us via email. And Lady Beth. Lady this Beth. is not Lady Beth. Go this on. is not something new. You can send them to us via email at contact at gameofowns.com or on Twitter at twitter.com slash gameofowns at gameofowns us your owns. Ooh. Nice. Nice. I was really impressed. Yeah. I think that's cool. I think that's body. an awesome costume. I mean, let's. This is that Game is. of Thrones. Let's just embrace the gore. It's awesome. Embrace the gore. Twenty fourteen. Yes. And uh, another way that uh, you can give us feedback on the show is by heading on over to iTunes. It is now the month of November. Oh my God! It and you is. know what that means? <gasps> We're getting older. Oh. All of us oh. are dying slowly. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what does it mean, Eric? Go ahead. No, we're not dying, Zach, because the clocks went back an hour. We have oh, an extra hour to yes. live. Yes. Yes. Selena got hers last week. Now we finally got ours. It means, Micah, that nothing less than five stars is acceptable. That's what it means. That is correct. As far as rate and reviews go. I'm glad you mentioned that, Eric, but I was actually referring to the fact um, that it is the month of November. Brittany Black was so nice to point out that her friend is in the Radio City Christmas Spectacular and she just Instagrammed the fact that the camels have arrived. Oh, no. So now that we're in the month of November, Winter Koo will be making his way to New York City, which uh, apparently he already has. And uh, we look forward to uh, having him on the podcast sometime in the near future. What noises do camels make? Like moo? Kind of like yeah. cows? <laughs> like, like what's that, a spaceship no, he, noise? He talks. That was a recording of a camel I just made. Okay, okay, he speaks okay. English. He I'm does. sorry. I'm, I'm very, I'm English sorry. English and French. Don't you worry. English and French. But yes, as Eric uh, pointed out, in the month of November, nothing less than five stars is acceptable on iTunes. And actually, uh, another one of our listeners said they tried to post a review to iTunes, uh, but were unable to. And they thought perhaps there were just too many five-star reviews. We do encourage uh, Kendra to try again, send in your review. Maybe it was just some sort of technical issue on iTunes. But uh, there are no November reviews yet. So the, uh, we have to get going. It's already a couple of days into the month. Uh, we need consistency here. Uh, so I don't want to see any slacking going on. I've been pretty lenient, I feel like, over the last couple of months. Not too many threats, but perhaps we need to escalate that very rapidly. Is there a motorcycle? Yeah, somebody opens a vault to a bank. <laughs> here are your owns. I've been keeping them here. <laughs> One other place uh, you can find out about all things Game of Thrones, as well as many, many, many other fandoms, is Hypable.com. 
Isn't that right, Selena? That is absolutely oh, she can right, hear us. Micah. She's <laughs> yes, here. I can hear you now. Wait, well, you're talking about hyperbole, so I can hear you. You know, before she's I was like, just my internet works conveniently. Um, yeah, hypable.com. It's H-Y-P-A-B-L-E.com. And you should definitely check it out because Game of Thrones is on hiatus and we need other TVs to fill our brains. You know, I was just thinking of a plug that we've never, ever done. And because I've tweeted recently on like uh, never, ever do. And it was really asinine and had nothing to do with anything. I like to remind people that the four of us are on Twitter Ooh. under our names. Yes. Except Eric. Except Eric. Oh, yes, which is Spielerman, S-P-I-E-L-E-R-M-A-N. <laughs> That's actually not right. S-P-I-E, right? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. You said what S-P-I-L. Did I say? So there you go. I'm helping you out. Teaching out as well. S-P-I-E. S-P-E-I, right? Hip. Hip-hop anonymous. <laughs> Damn you, you give him all the easy ones. <laughs> S-P-I-E-L-E-R. We're Game of Thrones, ladies and gentlemen. We go together like lamb and tuna fish. I'm Zach mm. Louie. Learn how to spell that. I'm Selena Wilkin. And my ex. <laughs> I'm Mike Tannenbaum. Buck Beak. <laughs> and I am Elvis Dumbledore. There's a storm coming, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for Christmas. Bye, everybody. Hello, hello, in another Ugh. place you can check out, uh, oh, there she hello. is. What? Hello. Hello. I can't hear you. Hello. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear you. This is amazing, <laughs> by the way. Definitely <laughs> bloopers uh, to be used at the end following the uh, melodious strings that play. The melodious harmonical strings.